People often try and paint people with mental illness, long-term or temporary blips. They like to paint them as weak, like they can't handle it. They can't take the pressure. They're overly sensitive. What I know for sure is that we are warriors. We fight battles that people can't even comprehend. And because of that, we're stronger than they will ever know. Hey, I'm Wendy Tamas Robbins, and I lived with a variety of anxiety disorders for over 40 years. If you're struggling and looking for support from someone who's been there, you've come to the right place. And if you don't have anxiety, but you're struggling to understand what everyone's talking about, yeah, I got you too. I'm honored to be your host, your guide, and your coach, helping you explore and navigate all things mental well-being. When I realized my comfort zone had turned into a prison, I went on a journey to find freedom and to step into the life that was waiting for me on the other side. Now, I'm sharing everything I learned with you, the tools and the treasures that are buried inside all of us. I'm a recovering perfectionist, a professional panic attacker, an anxiety coach, a speaker, an advocate, a corporate attorney, a stepmom, wife, and now a best-selling author. Get ready for real stories of struggle and transformation that are as messy as they are magical. I'll cover mindfulness and nutrition, meditation and movement, resiliency and recovery, and everything in between. So whether it's a solo show or a conversation with one of my guests, you'll leave feeling less alone and inspired by examples of what is possible. This is my invitation to you to stop hiding and meet me here twice a month to reveal and connect over our deepest vulnerabilities so we can carry the weight together. And remember, I'm not a medical professional or a licensed clinician. I'm a small town girl who achieved big dreams while unraveling inside and then turned her anxiety into her superpower. Let me show you how to transform your anxiety from your kryptonite into your cape. So whether you're taking a drive or a walk or just a moment alone, this is your time to feel heard and held, seen, safe, and supported as we hold space for our collective struggles. This is the Perfectly Panicked Podcast. We are together, together. Hey guys, before we dive in, let me ask you a few questions. Are you anxious? Do you want to understand where your anxiety is coming from? Do you want to reclaim your peace and your power? And do you want to take back control? Or is someone you love anxious? If you're the one struggling, are you wondering, how do I even start finding freedom? And if your loved one is struggling, are you wondering, How do I even start a conversation about something I've never experienced myself? Well, if you've said yes or even considered yes to any of these questions, please keep listening because I've got something just for you. It's called the Anxiety Audit, and it's unlike anything I've ever created before. It's a game changer. I sat down and thought hard about what it was I was looking for and what I needed when I was struggling. 
and I was struggling for decades, so this isn't age-specific. Finding freedom from anxiety is not a one-size-fits-all proposition. We all experience it on a spectrum as far as the eye can see. This audit will help you curate your roadmap to finding freedom. The prompts provide a holistic approach to identifying your pain points, your triggers, and your fears. The tips I give will help you navigate through all of it to dig deep, to jog memories, to drop your armor, and to peel back the layers to reveal your most authentic and raw responses. These responses will shine a light on the work that needs to be done to transform your life. You're meant for more than managing and accommodating your anxiety. And this audit can be the first step in that journey to freedom. And if you're trying to help someone and understand what they're going through, this audit will give you the vocabulary and the perspective to reach out to your loved one with more tools and more confidence. So if you're craving freedom or you want to help someone you love, click the link in the show notes or go directly to wendytamisrobbins.com backslash anxiety audit. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of the Perfectly Panic podcast. So it's no secret for any of you that follow me on social media that I turned 50 in March. And I'm an athlete at heart and was an athlete for many, many years of my life. So I'm using the sports analogy and looking at this as halftime, time to pause and be still and turn inward and take inventory. So I'm reflecting on what I want to take with me into the second half and what I'm choosing to leave behind. I want to identify places in me that feel like they just need to come out into the light and what types of boundaries I'll put up to, to protect all of that. So I was recently doing yoga with a new instructor and I've had instructors in the past, you know, invite you into a pose or a stretch and they say, feel for effects. And this is always meant to me that, you know, you're entering this new space or a position and you notice where your mind goes and how your body feels. So this new instructor said it's slightly different. He said, pause for the echo. I love that. I love that image. I love the essence of that. I think of an echo as a repetition or a vibration of an idea or a feeling that just continues after the initial event. So that's where I started. I started to listen for the echo of my first 50 years. What ideas and feelings continue to vibrate today? I sat with pictures of myself at each age. I closed my eyes and I accessed the place inside of me that was holding space for her. I listened to her sweet voice. I dried her tears. I held her. I laughed with her. And I praised and congratulated her. And I loved her each step of the way. And I wrote down all that I loved about her. And I noticed all of the anxiety. I noticed how it appeared like a frayed thread woven throughout that whole story. I think of that frayed thread when I look at those medical posters, you know, where there's like the different biological systems of the body and they'll have one for the nervous system showing that super highway of nerves running through 
all of your limbs. And I always pictured mine with these frayed edges and like they were too close to the surface. Like my skin just wasn't thick enough to protect me from just feeling way too much. So I was, as I was doing all of this work, I thought about this journey and relationship that I've had with anxiety over the years, and I saw it like a compass. So when I looked at the anxiety and got really honest with myself around what was causing it and how it was manifesting, I would know which way to turn to get back on track. So I'm going to share with you what I mean by that and what I've learned along the way to help you recognize where you are and how you can find your way back as if you have an actual compass. So a compass tells us where we are and what direction we need to go to get back on our path. So here we're gonna replace the north, south, east, and west with these. So south will be, well, south is like the metaphorical worst, right? You just gone south. So we'll start here with resistance. This is where we're actively resisting everything. Love, vulnerability, opportunities, adventures, all because of our anxiety. We're essentially going backwards in the opposite direction of north. We're losing ground, we're building walls, and we're justifying our behavior because we need to constantly protect ourselves to avoid our triggers. East is horizontal, so we're not really gaining ground or losing ground here. This is essentially paralysis. We're paralyzed by our fear, we have too many options or what feels like not enough options, we feel stuck and scared. West, again, horizontal, but this is sort of just neutral land where we're not really feeling much anxiety at all. We're just living through this pocket of time that seems relatively anxiety-free, either because we've pushed down our feelings and the trauma so deep that we're riding out this season until you know, likely it won't last that long and it will come back and we'll have to do the work and, you know, to create some sustained momentum. And then we have true north. North is our path, our journey, our quest. This is where we're using our anxiety as our superpower. So when your anxiety is informing you and guiding you to lean into the discomfort, this is where we find our true growth. It's pointing you in the direction that you need to go. This is where you have a choice in front of you a choice that makes you feel anxious and you know it will create anxiety, even panic. You can decide to step back into resistance or you can step forward into growth and build resilience here, knowing that your path is leading you into challenges where you can face this fear. You can stare it straight in the eye and say, show me what you got because I've had the panic attacks and I've lived through them. I've had the generalized anxiety that boils down into depression. I've been in the thick fog and I've found my way out. So what can't I go toe to toe with now? This is where I find my true north. This is where you take back control. This is where the fear is no longer making decisions for you. You are the creator here. You are creating your own destiny. This is where you're doing the work. You're healing the wounds, you're finding purpose in your pain, you're building resilience, and you're reprogramming your brain so that anxiety isn't the scariest thing you can imagine anymore. Letting anxiety control your life is the scariest thing you can imagine. And on this path, 
You become even stronger because of the anxiety than you ever would have without it. People often try and paint people with mental illness, long-term or temporary blips. They like to paint them as weak, like they can't handle it. They can't take the pressure. They're overly sensitive. What I know for sure is that we are warriors. We fight battles that people can't even comprehend. And because of that, we're stronger than they will ever know. So imagine this compass. This is where we are trying to get back to our true north. Let's look just briefly at each of the other three points. And I'll talk about just one thing that you can do when you're in that space to help you find your true north again. One thing that will resonate or echo for you that's actionable and hopefully memorable. So let's start with south, because of course, like I said, that feels like the darkest. And then we'll eventually move into the light. So south is resistance. This was my default mode when I was anxious. I felt, if well, it felt active. It felt like, you know, I was fighting something and I could argue the benefits of it until I was blue in the face. I'd say like, you don't understand. I can't do that because I have anxiety. These are all the reasons why, and this is why I'm keeping myself safe. This is why that's a threat. That is such a limiting belief. I was so hypervigilant in avoiding anything that I perceived as a threat that I said no to everything. This sucks the joy and the adventure right out of your life. I can promise you that. You become so controlling. And then when you can't control something like your circumstances or what other people are doing, your anxiety just spirals even more. And you just cause more suffering for yourself. This is when the walls of your box grow and grow and your world shrinks and shrinks. Active resistance takes so much energy. You are building these walls all of the time, and that takes a ton of work. It's exhausting. Coach Brooke Castillo talks about it like holding a beach ball underwater. It takes all of your strength, and eventually it will burst back to the surface if you're not doing the work. The beach ball represents your feelings and your emotions and all of these uncomfortable spaces that you're avoiding and resisting. So what can you do when you're in active resistance? A lot of the time it's because you've been triggered by a thought that you identify as a threat. And when we're triggered, we're focused only on the problem, the perceived threat. We're in survival mode. We've triggered our fight or flight or freeze response, or we project that something's happening in the future. Like I know how this story goes. I know I do X and then I get devastated or rejected or anxious or I have a panic attack or, and you see it all playing out in this state because our focus is so narrow, which is what's supposed to happen because of our survival response. Like I said, we see only obstacles. We see negative results. The stories get very dramatic and the what if thinking and ruminating can get completely out of control. So here's one thing you can do to turn it around. Changing direction here is just like being in reverse in a car and then trying to shift into drive. It's not one drastic movement. I mean, picture how that would feel if you were in a car that tried to do that. You need to stop first, like get to neutral, if you will, and then start slowly and pick up pace as you go. It's the same thing here. First, you need to neutralize what seems so big and so scary and then take small, digestible steps forward. 
identifying where you're going is important too, because that's like your GPS that motivates you. It inspires you to take these uncomfortable steps through these challenges to reach the other side. So first let's look at neutralize. Take one story. Um, I did this when I was sailing for the first time. You take out a piece of paper and you write down the dramatic, scary story, all the things that will go wrong, all of your fears, the shame that will come of it, the panic that could come of it, as dramatic as you can, like dripping with drama. And then feel all of the feelings as you're doing this. And then go back and replace those words that trigger you. So you're telling the same story as an observer, like as a court reporter, like just words just descriptors. The wind blew the boat. The boat tilted. The boat stayed above water. You know, things like that, that aren't so loaded where I was just so afraid that the boat was going to sink and I was going to drown. Drain the story of drama and sanitize it. And then in the middle of this, you can do breathing techniques or grounding techniques to diffuse your fight or flight here. You can use the 54321 technique. You can do box breathing. This will start to diffuse that trigger. And once you're in neutral, this is like a clean slate that you can start to fill that space around all of this initial fear with compassion. I learned this from coach Martha Beck. And it's really, she talks about using this fear as fuel. And this is how you change the direction of that. Start talking to yourself like, of course I was afraid because for me, I would say, because my little girl was terrified of drowning. That's, you know, that's sort of naming. She's not necessarily a saboteur, but something inside of me that I still need to notice and take care of. But if you can name your saboteur, it's even better. Once you name it, you disarm it. Now start to refocus your energy on what you can do to start moving forward into the fear, through the fear, using it as fuel. Start to create a new story. Use your skills at what-if thinking to create a positive what-if scenario, a beautiful new story. But you want it to be believable. Like it can't be too beautiful. You can't go from like zero to a hundred. So make sure it's believable and even keep your anxiety in there. Like maybe you do get anxious, but you you move through it. What can you do on that sailboat with no place to go, nowhere to run and hide, really no way to even get to shore to what we perceive as safety? How will you take care of yourself on that boat if you start to feel anxious? And then what can happen on the other side? That's where the beautiful story comes in. When it passes, or what if it never shows up? Now, what's the first step? How can you dip your toe in? How can you show up and in this new mindset of accepting and moving through the anxiety, start to discover this world that waits for you? Building a brighter, more expansive view of what's happening and creating an empowered narrative. This is where we start to consider how what you viewed as obstacles could now become opportunities. What you viewed as problems can be possibilities. Deepak Chopra calls this shifting into compassion and curiosity. This is expanded awareness. 
and contracted awareness, we just talked about that. We indulge in our fears. We focus only on the problem and we resist. As we explore this neutral situation with compassion and curiosity, we start to expand our awareness. We slow down, we neutralize and diffuse this catastrophizing, and then we make believable changes to the story and find small digestible steps forward. So ask yourself, what can I say yes to today to get you one step closer to that story that's waiting for you on the other side after you move through all of that anxiety? So this is a great segue into East. East was paralysis. So talking about those small steps, paralysis is really around you're just too tired or overwhelmed to resist You're so deep in your box. Your friends and your family aren't even asking you to do things anymore. You're you're kind of just spinning your wheels. You know, lately when we've been working from home, maybe not leaving the house too much, your life has become really small and action of any kind feels impossible. This is when small bite-sized steps can really help. This is the put one foot in front of the other idea. It's really as basic as that, but In Martha Beck's latest book, The Way of Integrity, which is just an exquisite and empowering and essential read, she calls them one degree turns. So if you think about a plane leaving from Boston and headed to LA, if that plane takes small one degree turns throughout the course of that flight, they may go completely undetected by passengers, completely manageable to the plane. And still the plane will end up in a completely different place than if it had taken none of those turns. But in contrast, if it took just one huge, sudden, drastic turn at the end, like some big left turn to get to LA, it would cause fear and anxiety in probably everyone on the plane. And it could even challenge the integrity, the structure, or the soundness of that plane. So it's not recommended. Our brains are built to resist sudden change, drastic change, and go back to where we were before. That's where the brain felt comfortable, even if it was paralysis. So consider how small, consistent, bite-sized steps may feel. And then think of a goal that excites you and inspires you to take those steps. Because our thoughts create our feelings and our emotions, and those feelings trigger our action. So we need to stay so focused on that. If we feel despondent, negative, lonely, scared, isolated, because our anxiety is just so heightened, we will stay still. But if we can imagine a life beyond those walls, a life where anxiety isn't in control, what could that look like? Going to a store alone, cooking yourself a meal, driving yourself to work, jogging around the block, meeting a new friend, going out to dinner or a movie. It could be anything. Think of just the little steps that start today. Maybe it's just getting out of bed and starting a morning routine. Think about what that could lead to six months from now. So you have that carrot hanging out there in the future. What could that mean to you? That could mean not only sitting in a different place, like an office or a theater, but you could have a different mindset. Maybe today it's just leaving your apartment for 10 minutes, letting the sun shine on your face or taking a shower and washing your hair 
or finding a group to join or an event that's a few months away, something to look forward to. Paralysis can feel like being stuck in quicksand. You can't run out of quicksand. Tiny, sustainable steps that you can build on over time can lead to significant and compounding change. So let's look at West. Finally, this is where you're having just this nice little season of not a lot of anxiety. For whatever reason, there are pockets of time where it's just it's just dormant for some reason. And it can be great, but we can sort of forget that it was ever there or try not to look at it because what if it comes back again because I'm thinking about it? Like I would lock mine in a lockbox in the back of my mind and try and forget that it had ever happened. But I would suggest that maybe during this time, you at least think about what you needed when you were anxious and maybe start to set up things when you have a clear head and you're in a really good space that you can draw on if you ever do find yourself anxious again in a fog at the bottom of the well, whatever you want to call it. What kind of lifeline, what kind of breadcrumbs can you leave while you're feeling really good and you're in a really good space? So I think about what I needed when I was back in that storm. I describe my my rock bottom as being alone at sea, sailing on a boat in a perfect storm. I may have resources, but I can't necessarily let go of the wheel to go find them or the ship is just going to go down. So what do I need to do? I need to find a safe harbor to gather my resources. So first, maybe you identify your safe harbor. Is it a place or a certain person that can help you anchor so you can take the time you need to regroup. I found a place and people that triggered memories of when I felt empowered and in control and not afraid all the time. It could be your home or a beach or a vacation spot or wherever you feel like you can be whoever you need to be in that moment, where you can put the pieces back together and feel whole and at peace if you ever find yourself just lost again. Then I would create a photo album and a playlist that would take me back to either when I didn't have anxiety or when I felt at least inspired and empowered and energized, whether it's a picture of me winning a high school track meet or with my high school sweetheart, or maybe it's pictures of things that I want to do. I want to see and explore All of this reminds me of what is underneath the anxiety. It reminds me of that authentic voice. So you can explore and create these when you're feeling at your best, and then you can return to them as reminders when you need more support. So I hope I gave you some tidbit here that will help you use your compass to really get clear as to where you are. Are you actively resisting? Do you feel paralyzed? Are you in a good spot? And where do you need to turn? How do you need to navigate yourself back to true north? John Acuff, a motivational speaker and best-selling author says, regret has a longer shelf life than fear. Face the fear of today instead of the regret of forever. That is just so good. So yeah, I hope you just found at least one gem in here that resonates and echoes for you. So as promised, I want to 
respond to a question that I got. I was asking for questions and I said that I would respond to them at the end of my solo podcast. And so I got one from Karen talking about feeling anxious before she even opens her eyes in the morning and what she can do. Well, know that this is in part physical, that for women, our cortisol is at our highest, our cortisol is our stress hormone. It's at our highest in the morning. Unlike men who testosterone's uh, at its highest for men, but there can be times when we just physically are feeling more anxious or it can be mental. Perhaps the night before, you know, you left some loose ends and there's a ton to do. And I would suggest doing a download before bed so that, you know, everything's, um, on a piece of paper somewhere or in the computer, just everything that you didn't get done the day before that it shows you exactly where to start the next morning so that you're not waking up thinking about that to-do list already, thinking that maybe you've dropped something, you dropped a ball, you forgot about a sticky note. Also, I would say if you're feeling anxious and you haven't even opened your eyes yet, open your eyes and get out of bed, start moving. The, the quicker you start moving your body, the more quickly you can start to metabolize that anxiety and start going through your morning routine. A morning routine is like an anchor for your brain. You can just start making your bed, brushing your teeth, whatever it may be. And like I said, it will, it will really start to calm your mind down. Like you'll feel productive. You'll start to metabolize the energy because you're moving and it's a really great way to start. Then I would start going through a gratitude practice. It is almost impossible to feel anxious when you're feeling feelings of gratitude. That's just science. And so it is a beautiful way to start your day as well. Think of three things that you're so grateful for. And don't just think of the word, think of why you're grateful for that. And then really drop it into your heart center and feel that deeply. This is a great way to diffuse anxiety. So I hope those helped. And if anyone, I would love to hear questions and I will, you know, always answer them at the end of my solo podcast. And so send them right in on anchor or sorry, or Spotify, um, on Spotify or Apple podcasts. Um, they're collected through anchor or find me on social media. Of course, Instagram, just throw me a DM and I will definitely respond next time we talk. So with that, I hope you enjoyed this. That's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate, review, and follow this podcast because it all helps to expose the show to listeners in need of support who are looking for a safe place to talk about mental health, all of which helps to end the stigma surrounding it. And remember, you are not alone, and we're all in this together. We are together.